We are on our second week of At the Movies, and like I said, we look forward to this every single year because it's a time of a little bit more like lightness, but yet still spiritual. The fact that there's messages in movies that a lot of times these producers and directors and writers didn't even expect it to be really um, spiritually sound. Some things aren't always there, but some things you have to like pull from. The one thing we do at Acts is we believe that you redeem some of the things that are out there. You don't always have to reject them. You can redeem them. So that's one of the things that we definitely believe in. I love movies. I think you probably have heard me say that before. I love going to the movies. One of the things I absolutely adore is the fact that I get to go and I get to escape life. I mean, life is stressful. There's a lot to be said for the battles that we go through. So you get this like little narrow two-hour window, or if you go see Titanic, eight, (laughs) to escape life. But you know, it's nice because you have that experience that you can kind of, and then you forget a little bit about your problems, then you kind of go back and you think, okay, I can do this, I can make it. So it's not so bad. But today I'm going to actually discuss a movie that I think most of us could relate to. I think if you have lived on this planet any length of time at all, there's probably some things that you're going to be able to glean from this message. The fact that maybe at some point in your life you were betrayed or hurt by somebody, and that you have wanted to maybe to retaliate in a big way, I think for many of us that's our story. And it's a battle that we really have to fight, especially once we become believers, we realize that that's not the way that God really wants us to do it, but that is the way the world would tell us to respond. So I think for most of us, we would have to admit that we all have, have, have had hurts in our lives. There's things that we've gone through that have been tough, and we've had to navigate through those hurts, and we've had to move on this life. And one of the things that we've definitely had to do is we've had to fight the urge not to fight back and play dirty. So all of us have that. You know, the, the fact that we just sang, sang that song and it says, my spirit's weak, but your spirit's strong in me. That's that battle that takes place. That the fact that our spirit wants to retaliate, but the Holy Spirit that lives inside us wants to just say, no, no, that's not what you do. That's not how you respond. But we know that life is going to be hard. And that should never be a surprise to us because the Bible never really promises that it was going to be easy. A long, long time ago, I, I taught a message on the old song, um, I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden because it's the truth. That's one thing with God. He never promised us that this was going to be easy. He just said, I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to help you through it. But the Bible actually tells us in John 16:33, it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Kind of scary is it when it says many. Not just says you're going to have a few rough patches. It's going to be a couple hard times. He says you're going to have many trials and sorrows and that's tough it's tough to hear but it's going to happen pain and sorrow is going to come but it's really how we navigate through this that's going to make the difference we have a choice every single time someone hurts us to decide for ourselves if we're going to become bitter or we're going to become better and that's really what the whole theme of the message is today what's your choice what's your choice in the experiences that you've had maybe the past pains Or maybe something that you're going through right now. What's your response going to be? Are you going to become so bitter that you're closed off, negative, angry, hurtful? Or are you going to become better and kind of always look for a better way? Well, in 1959, Walt Disney, they actually released a movie called Sleeping Beauty. And I'm sure most of you out there have heard it. Obviously, you've heard the nursery rhyme. You know what Sleeping Beauty is all about. It's about a cursed infant named Aurora who had a a curse put on her by a woman named Maleficent. And what she did was she cursed 
and said that she would ha- have this experience happen to her by the time she turned 16 years old. Before the sun set on her 16th birthday, she would prick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel and that she would fall into a deep, deep sleep that could only ever be awoken by true love's kiss. Now, what's really crazy about it is if you watch the 1959 version, you've seen, you're like, I don't get this. This woman put a curse on this little baby because she was not invited to the christening. And you're like, this is a really petty, really bad woman. But you know, the truth of the matter is, just like anybody that's kind of out there and has been a hurtful person, there's an old saying that says, hurt people hurt people. And I think we can see that this is what happened to Maleficent. In the 2014 version of this movie, this is actually what we're going to talk about today, it goes on to explain maybe a little bit clearer to who this Maleficent really is and why this christening invitation is not the reason why she's putting a curse on Aurora. There's a much, much bigger reason why she puts such an evil curse on this innocent little child. And I want to take a look at the first scene with you today. So we can see right off the bat that Maleficent wasn't always so evil. You can kind of get a glimpse into both of them. They both had suffered the same hurts and the pains of the past. They'd both lost their parents. But you can, you can see already the ambition, the attitude is already different, whereas she wasn't very um, hurtful or cold. Her ambition was really to be a healer and to love her of where she lived. His was to be ambitious and always want more, to want better. He felt like he was, wasn't good enough. So you can see that there was always something different there. Maleficent is kind of an interesting word because actually you probably have noticed the fact that the word Maleficent, which is in her name, is also the word uh, Malfeasant, which means to do evil or cause harm. So it's kind of an interesting play on her name also, the fact that you would look at someone like Maleficent and you would think how evil she is, but actually you see that there's a lot more reason why she's so mean-spirited, and there's going to be a little bit more of that that's going to explain to you. But, you know, this is Maleficent at first. She loved the Moors. Like I said, she was a healer. But this boy named Stefan, he came, and he stole. He wanted to take from her. She could have been evil. She could have hurt him then if that was really her true nature, but she didn't. She said she just wanted him to put back what wasn't his, and she was going to help him get home. As this friendship grew into love, what she thought was true love, and what he'd promised her was true love, and the true love's kiss was on her 16th birthday, we can see that there's a reason why Maleficent puts this curse later upon uh, Aurora. So when Stefan grows more ambitious, he doesn't visit Maleficent any longer. Eventually, she finds her place and her path, which is to become the protector of the Moors, and everything is fine, even though she doesn't understand where he's gone and what's happened, and she's a little upset by that. Her path goes on, and... One day, though, their paths cross again, and this is where the next scene takes place. So we can see the king that had always wanted to steal from the Moors. He wanted to take over the Moors. You can see that Maleficent really became such an angry, bitter person because she trusted. She trusted someone like Stefan, and then obviously he betrayed her. And you can see that really, really wounded her. Now, I don't know where you sit today. Obviously, it could be the same experience. It could be the fact that someone really in your life kind of clipped your wings, stole from you, took something that maybe you thought would last forever, and it didn't. So when you have this happen to you, become a little bit more bitter, a little bit more cold-hearted, a little bit more 
rough around the edges. When Stefan's true side shows and shows that he's willing to do whatever it takes to become king and to live in that castle, like he said a long time ago, it then that it shows that it's that saying, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. You know, there's going to be hell to pay for this experience, definitely. What Maleficent did was she vowed at that point in her life, she vowed to never again fall victim. She decided she was never, ever going to become vulnerable again. She was never going to expose her weakness to anybody again because what she did was she spoke to him and showed him the fact that iron burned her. But not only that, but then she opened up her heart to him. She opened up her heart and said, I'm going to love you and care for you. And obviously it didn't work out for her. So she's never, ever going to be vulnerable again. This hard heart that she decided to live with instead. It's spoken of in the Bible. It's when our hearts will no longer accept kindness, gentleness, or love. It's when we decide that we're not going to let anybody in no more. We're not going to allow anybody to hurt us again. And what happens is our hurts become so deep that what happens is we start to wallow in those deep, those deep hurts. We start to really live them over and over and over again in our lives. And we start to put up walls and we don't allow those people in because it's too painful to risk being hurt again. There are so many people walking around this world that are that. And it could be one of you. You could be one of the walking wounded who has had those hurts and those pains that have gone through and and you really don't want to trust again. Like I said, hurt people hurt people. So it hurts like Maleficent that we can all fall victim to. You know, it could be the fact that you were growing up and maybe a parent or a loved one wasn't there for you when you needed them. They just weren't there for you. You thought they were going to be and they weren't. It could be for somebody that was really promised a job that was going to last a lot longer than it did. Maybe a pension that was promised that they paid into. They were going to have a pension and all of a sudden it's gone. That hard heart starts to develop, this bitterness and anger that starts to take over. Someone maybe that you promised, they promised you that they would be there for you forever. Maybe the, you know, richer for poorer, for better for worse, in sickness and in health, and then tough times get rough and they're gone in an instant. We all have hurts. We all have pains. I don't think you get through this life without having some deep scars. I think all of us have some things. It makes us become who we are. And then it's then, like I said, that we can choose for ourselves if we want to become bitter or we want to become better. Well, God warns us of becoming bitter. It says in Hebrews 12, 15, it says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. So we can see that bitterness is a lot of the reasons why people never follow after God. There's this idea that they put up this hard heart and don't let God in. They don't let anybody penetrate into their hard hearts because they think if I can keep people out, no one has the opportunity to hurt me no more. See, what God does is God kind of tears it up, softens it. We sang that song. You know, you have a brokenness inside that we actually, we need. We need brokenness so that God can come in and can put us back together. So Maleficent, actually, you see her character again. Even though she's bitter and she's angry, you still see the fact that she has this experience where this crow is going to be beat to death by a soldier. And so she actually turns him into human, a male, and she saves him from being killed. And he actually, what he does is she says, I need you to be my wings. She no longer has wings, so she needs him to do her spying and her work for her. So he actually grows up and kind of helps her with all the different things that she needs to see. 
His name is Diva. What happens over the time is that she becomes so bitter that she decides she no longer wants to be the protector of the Moors, but she wants to become the queen of the Moors. And all these creatures who absolutely loved and adored her and thought that she was a healer, they all all of a sudden become afraid of her and fearful of her. Now, this is a good point to really point out the fact that in our lives, people that love us and that we love should never fear us. They should never fear us. We never should be so cold-hearted and so bitter and so angry that the people that love us so much would actually be fearful and run from us instead of run to us. And if you have that experience happen in your life, it's something that we need to get straight before God. We need to change that. So we're going to go ahead and we are going to see where Maleficent's hard heart becomes even harder and she decides she's going to seek revenge. So she reveled in her sorrow and what she accomplished. Isn't that something when you think about it? And how many of us have done that in the past where you've put up those walls, you've really kept people away, and you actually feel really good about it for a while? You're excited about the fact that people feel your pain when they come near you. That's human nature. It seems like that's what takes place. But the reason why she made this concession, she says that, okay, Aurora can be woken up, by true love's kiss. And the reason why she makes that concession is the fact that she knows in her own hearts that she doesn't believe that it even exists. True love never exists for her in reality. So she says that's what is her ultimate revenge, the fact that Aurora will never be woken because she doesn't believe it even takes place. You know, the one thing that happens with this is bitterness feeds off of bitterness. Like I say, hurt people hurt people. You have a choice in your life through all the hurts and the pains, whether or not you're going to become bitter or you're going to become better. So when Stefan goes ahead and he, he really closes himself up in the castle and he goes and takes great steps and trying all that he can do to try to outwit the curse, the way that he can, he can win and ultimately still to kill Maleficent also. It was all about revenge for both of them at that time. Out of the bitterness, they both decided they were going to heap revenge on each other. Well, in Romans 12, 19, it says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say that I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Now, in our human nature, we don't like that so much. You know why? Because we want to see it. We want to see people get theirs, don't we? For some reason, we just like to see people get paid back a little bit. And God never promises that we're going to ever see it. Truthfully, it's all in his hands. The, the Bible says that all things will be made clear someday. So people do have to deal with the circumstances. But our human nature is we want to see it take place. We want to see it all happen. We want to see someone be in pain like they caused us pain. That's our human nature. God's way is let him deal with it. He'll be the one who avenges us, avenges us, not us. And this is hard. It's so hard for us as humans. Because, like I said, this is not how the world thinks. The world says it's an eye for an eye. There's an old saying that says an eye for an eye and all of us will be blind. Wouldn't we? I mean, the thing is, you know what the world tells us? is If you throw a stone at me, I'm going to throw a stone back harder at you. It's going to hit you harder. Well, it hurts. What happens? They grow stronger. But like I said, it's up to us how we deal with them. God desires that what we do instead is we use our pains to help each other. That we kind of explain where we're coming from to somebody who maybe is going through the same deep hurts. And we reveal a little bit of ourselves to them and we help them through their pain. 
to turn the other cheek, to kind of forgive those people that have hurt us. But Satan's plan is actually for us to just become so bitter that we close up, that we like dry up, that our hearts become so hard that they crack, that they no longer let love in, that we no longer trust anyone again or allow ourselves to ever be open again to love. Have you ever met some, some person that just seems so bitter, so cold, so negative, and you're like, what happened? There has to be a whole story there somewhere. There has to be something inside them that has been so many hurts that have built up and caused so much pain. Well, that's what happened with Maleficent. But what happens with Maleficent is it, it kind of changes for her because she underestimates the fact that true love does exist. True love is a real thing. It takes place. And she underestimates the power of it and what it's going to do to her. That's what we're going to see the next scene. So we can see Diaval, the crow, he starts to see there's a couple little cracks that are forming in her hard heart. He sees the fact that she starts to really fall in love with this girl that she placed a curse on, that she actually becomes her protector. She's the one who's guarding her. As you can see, this kid's out running in the forest by herself. She could have been hurt numerous times if it wasn't for the fact that Maleficent was there to save her. You can also see the fact that Maleficent's nature, she's there healing a tree again as she's sitting in the forest. So her true self is really in there somewhere. It's just this bitterness that's kind of pushing its way back and forth in her heart. Well, what goes on is she starts to protect her. She continues to protect her over the fact of, of her 16 years. Even calling her beastie becomes kind of an endearment to her. You can see this. What takes place in their life is that actually she kind of becomes a mother to Aurora, the only mother that really Aurora knew. Until one day when she is 16 and they meet again, and Aurora recognizes and says, I knew you always from my shadow. The fact that she always would see her shadow there and she said, you're my godmother. And actually, is another little piece of Maleficent's heart that kind of opens up. So the strange relationship that kind of like forms and, and Maleficent's hard heart is softening until she realizes she cares so much that she says, I have to remove the curse. I can't keep this curse on her. I realize I care too much. So she does everything in her power that she can to try to remove the curse. She says everything that she can. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. But her own words were her undoing because she said no power on earth could ever stop it. But then she also caused the pain in her own life because what she did was she said to everyone who meets her, they'll fall in love with her. So she actually was undone by her own curse is really what took place. But, you know, her hard heart is trying to soften and this curse that she wants to take up off, off of her, she can't. You know, it's kind of like us, when we, maybe we have, like, retaliated or said something. You know, it's those words that you said in the midst of an argument that you can't take back. No matter how much you wish you could, you wish you could just say, no, no, I didn't mean that. And it's like, but they're out. It's water under the bridge. They can't be stopped. That's what's tough in those experiences. That curse can't be stopped. So what happens is Aurora can't help but kind of go on to what is her, the plan for her, the fact that she has to deal with this curse. She finds out that her dad is actually the king, and she finds out that Maleficent was not her godmother. What she was was the, the woman who actually put the curse on her. But she can't 
quit this urge. Her, in her finger, she just feels that she has to go somewhere. She doesn't know what's going to happen, but she just feels this urge. So she runs to the castle, and she meets up with her dad, who, of course, just says he wants nothing to do with her, put her away. And she finally makes her way down to the dungeon, and a spinning wheel magically puts itself together, and she goes and she touches it, and she puts her fingers on it, and, of course, she falls into the deep sleep that she'll never awaken from unless a true love's kiss does that. So Maleficent, who's gone through this pain, she knows it happens. She knows that Aurora fell into this deep trance. And then she says, what can I do? What can I do? Because at that moment, we would do anything to save those that we love. So she even risks life and limb herself to go to the castle and try to save Aurora. Even allowing herself to believe, even though she didn't believe that true love was real for her, she hopes a little bit inside of herself that true love is real and that Aurora, the, the, the boy that she met a while back, might be her true prince and might actually be the one who is going to awaken her from that deep sleep. Maleficent is just hoping that that is the case. That's the next scene. So we can see that Maleficent actually understands that true love does exist, that she actually had fallen in love with Aurora. It's kind of telling the fact that Stefan never even tries to kiss his daughter. Never even tries to see if true love, what's in his heart, could be true enough of a love to wake her up. He never even tries. He's so cold-hearted and so bitter at that moment that he won't even try. That's exactly what happens in our lives. We don't try anymore. We become so bitter that we give up. We can see that true love does exist. The reason why true love exists is because God exists. Because we love because God first loved us. So Maleficent, like I say, here she is, that she finds out that true love is real and true love that can save. Her hard heart was softened and she changed a bitter heart and it exchanged it for something that was filled with love instead. It's that same true love that saves us. I think for all of us, we could say that because of the deep hurts that we've had, maybe the pains, the struggles, the sorrows, a lot of times we ourselves don't put forth our best best persona. Sometimes what we are is we're not easy to love. Sometimes we have those sharp edges and sharp corners and when we come into contact with people, they would rather just stay away than come close. We're not always so easy to love. But thankfully, we have a God that does love us despite it. He a lot of times can see through those deep pains and deep heart problems that we have and he says, I'm here and I can change it. I can make it better. Even if we turn our back on him, he gives us this chance to come back. And he sees what's inside of us, what could blossom into something better. Whereas a lot of times we just write people off. I think it's kind of sad because like with Stefan, you can see that he just kind of gave up. He just kind of like resigned himself to the fact that yes, he got everything he wanted. He got the castle, he got the riches. But he also really became so bitter that he didn't believe that true love existed either. And he just closed himself off. I think our human nature wants to, to do the same. But God's nature wants us to always come to him and let him heal us. What ends up happening in the movie is the fact that we can see that Stefan tried to set a trap for Maleficent. He tried to really destroy her with the iron. He knew that that would either kill her or he was going to try to kill her himself is the plan. 
So when she's being attacked, what she does is she tells Aurora, she tries to save her. She says, Aurora, go away. And so Aurora goes and finds a little area where they actually have Maleficent's wings entombed. And she knocks it over and the wings actually come down and they go back to Maleficent. And she becomes all powerful again. But even though she gets her wings and she herself is basically healed, her heart and her body, what happens is she says to Stefan, she says, it's, it's over. She wants to walk away. She says, I don't want revenge no more. I just want it to be done. But Stefan's too cold-hearted. He's too bitter. He says, no, no, you're going to pay. And so he tries to kill her. And it doesn't fare so well for him. He actually falls to his death. His end isn't good. But for Aurora and for Maleficent, for the prince and for the kingdom and the Moors, they all lived, just like Disney says, happily ever after. Now, we can't promise you happily ever after on this world, right? We know that that's not going to take place. Like I said, the Bible tells us very simply, there's going to be pain, there's going to be sorrow. A lot of us in this last couple weeks have been through much sorrow, much pain. But it's up to us on how to navigate through that pain. Are we going to allow ourselves to become bitter? Are we going to allow ourselves to become better? Forgiveness destroys bitterness. It's like the trump card. It always wins. If you can forgive those who've hurt you in the past, it can change your whole eternity. You also have to think about your own problems and your own struggles and the things that you've caused pain with others. And we have a God that actually offers forgiveness. He gets you, he gives you a chance to wipe the slate clean. And how amazing of a chance is that? That we have a God that actually says he forgets our, our sins as, as far as from the east as to the west, that he no longer sees them when he looks at us. That's an amazing opportunity. True love does exist, and it's through Jesus. And that's really what I want to leave you with today. We all have those hurts. We all have those pains. We've all made mistakes. We've caused people to look at us and almost fear us, not want to be near us. You know, I'd never want that for my kids. I'd never want my kids to think that they wouldn't want to be near me, that they wouldn't trust me, they wouldn't want to be close. But a lot of times that's happened in the past. And a lot of times, you know, you hear those stories of like somebody grows up, they're not really necessarily the best mother or the best father, and what you look into and you kind of see is a lot of times if you look in the past, you can see that them, they themselves didn't have the best life. And a lot of times what happened to them happens in another generation. The greatest thing about God is he gives us a chance to make new your heritage, your legacy. That's what's so awesome. Mine changed my, my legacy changed. We never had anybody following God in my family. And I am so thankful that God saved me because it changed my legacy. I have two children that love God and would do, I hope, everything in their power to always follow after him. But it's true love that makes a difference. It's true love that changes us inside. So we have a choice of how we're going to deal with the pains in this world. If we're going to become bitter, we're going to become better. One grows us good things, and one steals joy from us. And today you have to make that choice for yourself. What you're going to do, what you're going to walk out of here doing. 
I think that's what's tough. Is it's so easy to kind of continue on the same path. But God doesn't want us to keep doing that. God wants us to lay all that at his feet. Lay the bitterness aside. Let all the hurts go away. Forgive those who's hurt you. And just move on. And keep thinking, okay, it's about getting better. That's what it's about. So to destroy bitterness, you have to forgive. Isaiah 55, 6 through 9 says, Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let, let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will give, forgive us generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. There's a better way. There's a better way to live. For Maleficent, she found it. Hopefully that's where you're at today and that you find it also. If you have never accepted Jesus and you never accepted that forgiveness, you never accepted that gift of true love, I'll be here for and you can come up and we can talk and I can pray for you. If really you've kind of just stuffed your heart with a lot of bitterness and hurts and pain and people are fearful of you, even those people that you love, you need to ask God to help you get through that and to give that up. Let me pray for you before we leave. Heavenly Father, I am so thankful, Lord, that you are a God of second chances, that you're a God that can change us from a bitter, hurtful, cold person into a loving, gentle, kind person. We're thankful, Father, that you help us to forgive, even though it's such a hard thing to do. Lord, you set the example for us. I pray for each person that's here. I pray for the hurts that they've endured, those scars that are so fresh. Lord, I pray that you'd heal them. And I pray, Lord, that they'd see you, that you're a real God that loves them and wants them to have a better plan for their life. We just ask, Lord, that you just bless each person that's here. Be with them. Help them to go out in this week, Lord, becoming better and no longer bitter. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. I want you to come back next week for our third week of At the Movies. Make sure you're back here, okay? Thanks for being here.